0: Creating and Rekindling Memories, NHR. Oh, that is absolutely gorgeous. It's called Sunday Afternoon and quite apt because, well, it's Sunday morning. Uh, we're going into Sunday afternoon. It's by Duncan Moss. It's from an album called Mnemonics Part 1. And uh, I'm pleased to say that on the other end of this line is uh, Duncan Moss himself. Good morning, Duncan. How are
1: you? Morning, Kev. Yeah, very well indeed. Great. So,
0: yeah, now, I good. Good. I keep saying, um, I, I keep sort of putting in this little pigeonhole of being a classical pianist. Um, it, I mean, t- to me, it, it sounds sort of partly classical and, and partly the sort of stuff that Stephen Foster would do. It, it's got such great melody on, on every track. How would you class yourself as a musician? Would you say you're a classical pianist, composer? Uh, where would you put yourself?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's... Um... An interesting question. I think the the pieces that I wrote for this album, um, they've been called Classical Crossover, um, which I have to admit I hadn't heard of before. Um, so they're not really classical. They, these are basically just piano songs, um, but they definitely have, a uh, if you like, a classical base to them. And um, I'm just basically a lover of melody. So I've got a number of albums to come out over the next year or two um they're all actually quite different um so it's quite quite um quite tricky to pigeonhole me in a way well, <laughs> I, I wish i could It's a very
0: difficult question to answer. Yeah, that's a good thing, though, not to be able to pigeonhole somebody, uh, I suppose, because that way you're not tied down to any sort of... Especially if you're a musician, you're not tied down to any sort of style of music. Um, And and we'll wait and see sort of what these next albums uh, come up with. Now, music has always been part of your life, and and you even wrote your first song when you were six years old. I mean, what was that song like, and did anything come of it? Has it been saved? Will we see it on future albums?
1: Do you know, I might well do it. It's. It, it, uh, I was actually six. I started learning the piano when I was five. And this was the first sort of song that I could ever remember writing. So basically, I think I was probably being a naughty boy and my mother had told me <laughs> off. So I wrote the song. It was only one line and it was, I don't love my mummy anymore. <laughs> uh, which... Always caused her great amusement, um, and in fact, I think I made amends because I mean I loved her very much. She died three years ago, and um, the first song on this album is called "Goodbye Mum." Yeah. So, uh, hopefully, I managed to um, offer some recompense for my first song, but um, no, that was the first one, and I remember it to this day.
0: Well, I tell you what—the the, the the track that you have just mentioned, "Goodbye Mum," it, it really just kick start the album and give you a feel of what the album uh, is about. It's just beautiful me- uh, melodies uh, on there, and it runs all the way through the album. So, I, I imagine the "I I Hate My Mum" uh, was it an angry piece of music, or or what? How, you know, sort of how, how what was the temper like?
1: Not really. I mean, I can. Um... I can probably upset all your listeners um, by singing it to you. And it basically went, I don't love my mummy anymore. There you
0: go. Well, you know, five year olds, they do this sort of thing, don't they? So I'm I'm sure that uh, all classical composers, they hated uh, their mums at one stage for making them wanting to play the piano or whatever it wasn't. I'm sure they all got over it. So now, (laughs) a a music career had to wait uh, with you because you found yourself working with commercial property. Uh, Was there any time during this period you thought that music was maybe just a pipe dream? Um, Not really. I mean, to be
1: really honestly, I got sidetracked. Um, I started off as a musician. So earlier years, uh, post that, uh, infamous song, I basically sang, I uh, sang with church choirs. I got into cathedral singers, sang all over the country. Um, and then in my late teens, early twenties, um, I auditioned for and got in and then sang with the London symphony chorus, um, with the LSO all over, well, all over Europe, really. Um, and I'd written, I'd played in bands and I'd been writing music, you know, continuously. Um, but I suppose eventually the, uh, you know, the, the, the dawn of reality comes and you, you think, well, actually, I've got to put food on the table and the roof over my head. Um, and I literally fell into property really by accident. Um, but I enjoyed it. I mean, I found it very interesting. Um, so I uh, then qualified as a childhood surveyor. Um was on the board of a 50, uh, 250 company. I had my own company. Um, and I did that really for, I don't know what it was, probably, what, 25, 30 years? Um, but the the composition and the music carried on throughout. But I think the the bottom line is it was just very difficult to break into the industry. And also, um, you find reasons not to do it. And the longer you leave it, the harder it is. Um, so yeah it did take a little while but I got there I got there eventually
0: yeah it, it was a long overnight success uh, wasn't it so That's but it. there was a dramatic turn of events though that uh, that made you change career uh, and, and changed your life uh, and made you opt for music though wasn't there with your health
1: yeah there was Kev I mean basically I was I was pretty burnt out I mean I was a very focused individual and I had worked very hard Um, and at this point in time, you know, I had businesses, I had, you know, quite a lot of employees and so you have responsibilities, not just to the family, but also to the people um, that, you know, are working with you. Um, And my wife and I went on holiday uh, to the Caribbean and we're in this lovely restaurant overlooking the sea. Um, And yeah, I collapsed at the table. So the next thing I knew I was on the floor. My poor wife thought I'd had a heart attack. Um, And I ended up in the hospital. Two days later, we came back to the UK. Um, I had some tests, and they basically said to me, I've been diabetic, but I've been diabetic for a while and just hadn't known it. Um, So to cut a very long story short, it was a bit of a wake-up call, and I think that was probably the best thing that ever happened to me uh, because, as I say, I was overweight, so I lost five stones over the course of the next year and a bit, Um, and really took myself in hand, started doing lots of exercise, cut back on the amount of hours I was working, and as a consequence of all that, I sort of really re-evaluated what life is all about, and, and, you know, I had this itch that I really needed to scratch, um, because I love my music. It, It goes right to the core of who I am. So... Yeah, on the back, on the back of that, I basically changed everything over the course of the next sort of three or four years, um, and and ended up yeah back as a full time musician.
0: Just goes to show, uh, sort of you know, out of something as as bad as that, I suppose you've got something as good as what you've got today. So, how is your health today, by the way?
1: Yeah, it's good. Um, I mean, I still you know have to inject insulin. I'm still diabetic. That hasn't gone away, um, but it's well controlled. And yeah, I'm fit as a three, and yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm 20 again, so I'm really very happy.
0: Jolly good. Well, that's great to know. So, now then, the, <laughs> the album, Mnemonics Part One, um, is, is it's almost like a diary of your life because every track on there, there's 11 tracks on there, and every track has a specific memory um, for you, hasn't it? Was it difficult to sort of pour sort of, you know, those memories, those feelings, the emotions uh, and sort of just pour them out so everybody can hear them?
1: Um, No, to be honest with you, it wasn't difficult at all. Um, You know, I get great uh, inspiration from things that are going on around me and feelings and just watching people interact. Um, Where the music comes from, I don't know to this day. Uh, I love melody, and normally what happens is I get a, you know, an idea for a tune. And so I'm not normally aware of it, actually. I'm I, The first time I'm kind of aware of it is when I'm whistling or humming it. Um, and then I kind of realize, oh, goodness me. So I'll sit down at the piano um, and start working it out and playing it. And what normally happens is that conjures up feelings or, or memories, Um almost without exception. And then from there, it's really a very straightforward process. I mean, the tune, you know, the melodies tend to come, but the pieces tend to write themselves, you know, literally. I mean, I sit there and I get told off for saying, oh, it took me five minutes or 10 minutes, but it really does. It comes very quickly once I start um, playing it. And if it doesn't come, then I tend to just ignore it, uh, come back to it later or forget it altogether.
0: Now, that song that we played uh, to, to open with Sunday afternoon, uh, I, I love the explanation about this because it, it took you back to being a child when everything was shut on a Sunday. People of a certain age, like you and me, uh, will we, we'll remember sort of everything being... You couldn't even go down to your shop and buy, you know, something uh, after 12 o'clock or something like that on, on a Sunday. And, and I... Th- it have been nice to return back to those sort of days where Sunday was just a complete day of rest you, you know you don 't go out shopping in town or anything like that it 's just a day just to recharge the batteries and uh, and that brought back great memories for me as well and The, the whole melody of that just being so relaxing is it's just a wonderful thing just just to listen and just to remember your own memories uh by so, so thank you for that that brought back quite a lot of memories uh for me as a, as a child sort of on sundays as well now then it's called mnemonics part 1 mnemonics part 2 is going to be released on 17th of february now this this will be um it, it's an orchestral more orchestral version of, of the album tell us a bit about it
1: yeah, um, well, first of all, I'd, I'd say we it was originally the, the February date, but we've just agreed to put it back to March.
0: Okay,
1: yeah. Uh, simply we—you because know, we're getting quite a lot of interest in this one, so it seems a bit wrong to, to bring it out quite so soon. So it'll probably be towards the end of March. Um, yeah, Mnemonics Part 2, I mean, this came about, I'd written the piano album, and I have a pal... A uh, chap called Steve Sidwell, who's a brilliant arranger, he's Grammy award-winning arranger, you know, top of his field. And we were we were chatting about it over a pint, and I played him uh, one of the uh, one of the songs, and he said, "Oh, you know, this is lovely." And I said, "Well, I was sort of toying with the idea. I wrote it as a piano album, but I'm toying with the idea of, of orchestrating it and putting it, you know, doing it with an orchestra." And he said, well, I tell you what, why don't I do one and then see what you think? So he did one as a demo, um, sent it through, and I absolutely loved it. I thought it was superb. Um, So I said, well, you better go and do the other 10, Um, which he did. So the upshot of all that is we have 11 beautifully orchestrated tracks with the piano, um, and we recorded it at Air Studio's. Uh, in Hampstead in London back in uh, March, I think it was. And it sounds absolutely glorious. And one of the the lovely things about it is we'd just come out of the last lockdown. Um, So the orchestra arrived uh, early on the Saturday morning and everyone was just so happy to be there. Um, And, you know, because they they hadn't played together for, for a long time. Um, So the feeling of the joy in the studio was one of just complete joy. And I think that came through in the music because it was really uplifting. You know, the first uh, few chords, literally all the the hairs on my arms stood up. So I'm really pleased with it and I'm really looking forward to getting it out um, because I think it's um, very, yeah, translatable. I think people will get it.
0: I tell you, what, I I love this album, so I'm gonna love even more uh, the the orchestrated version uh, of the album. I can't wait for that to come out. So March is when we need to look forward uh, for that. Now I, I know you write consistently. Um, so how many compositions have you actually got stored up to be heard for future albums? Do you keep count of them?
1: Yeah, uh, the answer to your question is a lot, um, because I think having been, if you like, freed from the shackles of of my previous life. Um, You know, I mean, my manager says I'm a a machine. I mean, I'm just prolific because I've just got so much um, to do. So the upshot of where I'm at at the moment, when sort of seven years ago, I packed everything in and started doing this. So I've got an album called Stages of Life, um, which is an orchestra and a 14-piece band. um, And it's got some narration in And it was, if you like, my first, uh, if you like, main album that I did when I came to London. So we've just put it back to do these two first. Um, But that's a double album. That's about an hour and 20 minutes of music. And it's essentially, again, uh, if you like, personal experience. It's standing there as a 60-year-old with a narration telling a 20-year-old what to expect from life. Um, so it's quite ethereal. Uh, it's quite rocky. It's a mix of genres, uh, very melodic. Um, so that's, uh, if you like, uh, ready to come out after the mnemonics part two. So it'll probably be towards the end of next year. Um, then I'm just finalizing an album, which I did over this summer and I've been writing for the last 12 months. And I did that with a, a producer, a producer called Hayden Bendel, who's been around for a while and done, you know, lots of amazing uh, records of uh, lots of people you'll have heard of. Um, so Hayden was brilliant. And we did that um, in a couple of different studios. Um, we're mixing it at the moment and then it'll go off to Abbey Road for mastering. And that'll be out probably, I would think, early, early part of 2024. Um, in addition to that, I've got a few collaborations. Um, I've got one with my youngest son, uh, uh, James, who's a guitarist and saxophonist, and we've been writing a, a whole load of songs over the last three or four years. So we've got a big catalogue there. Um, and then I'm working on album number five at the moment. So that's where I'm at.
0: So the next few years is going to be extremely busy for you and, and great for us because we're going to have all this music um, to listen to. Uh, so the, the album Mnemonics Part 1, that's out now, isn't it? So people can uh, actually get a hold of a copy of that. Look great in a Christmas stocking for somebody, that, uh, that album would. Uh, where can we find out more information about yourself, Duncan, and also the, the releases as they come out?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, well, the, the best thing, I mean, my uh, website which is DuncanMossMusic.com, um, has a bit more about my background and it's got um, uh, links in that, which will take you to all the social media accounts, so things like Facebook and Instagram, um, you can follow me on that, and that will have all the information and all the reels as these, these songs are released, um, together with information about when when, when these albums are coming. Um, it also has links to all the streaming, you know, the main streaming platforms, so you can you can hear the music or download it from any of those. So things like Spotify or Amazon um, or Apple Music. Um, so the the music's readily available from that. I think our uh, mnemonics part one is actually on the website as well, so you could just get link onto the onto the website and hear the album on that. Um, and then finally, I've had quite a number of requests over the last couple of weeks since it came out uh, for CDs. So we're just looking now at how we might do physical copies as well. And again, once we've decided on that and made that available, I'll put that on the website so people can check that out
0: brilliant stuff so all we need to do is just go to your website all the information is there about how you can get hold of the uh, uh, of the the music and listen to it and future releases and and everything we need to know about duncan moss uh duncan it's been a pleasure speaking to you this morning i've loved listening to the album i'm going to be listening to it for until the next album comes out until march at least uh, so there's some oh, great you. relaxing tracks on there and I, I love a good relaxing track with the headphones on as well so so gorgeous uh, so thank you so much for joining me this Sunday and, uh, and for finding out a little bit more about you have a great Christmas uh, and, uh, and we'll play out with a, a track that uh, that you've chosen Soul Notes um, I, I wouldn't have been able to cho- uh, to choose any, any tracks because I'd have to play the whole lot to tell you the truth um, oh, a... thank you this is called soul notes have a wonderful christmas uh, you and your family duncan and uh, hopefully we'll speak again in the future when the next album's out
1: yeah i hope so very much i've enjoyed it thanks very much for having me on your shake Ed. i really enjoyed it thank oh, you
0: absolute pleasure cheers duncan bye-bye cheers bye-bye now did you know that nottingham hospital radio is a registered charity as a result we rely on people like you to donate to it All our members are committed volunteers who run the service for the benefit and entertainment of the patients in the Queen's Medical Centre and City Hospitals. Research has shown that listening to hospital radio can positively benefit a patient's recovery, and we think it's a very worthwhile thing to do. Donating to NHR is easy and rewarding, so please log on to nhradio.org.uk and go to the donate page. That's nhradio.org.uk slash donate. You'll be glad you did, and thank you.